So I said, I knew that the Cleveland race was going to be crazy. I did. I, I knew that coming out of like the top of the year. Um, I knew that everybody and their uncle sister was going to jump into this race. Um, to be honest, there's a lot fewer people than I thought to this mayor's race. Um, there's a lot fewer people than I thought. Um, I thought that we would have a field of maybe like 15 or 16. Um, but I think Frank Jackson waiting as long as he did, uh, to say that he wasn't running, kept a lot of people out of the race. Right. That's my honest opinion. There might've been a few more people who have made that decision. Had he said "Eh, in January, maybe, uh, that he wasn't running. Um, but he didn't, he waited no more Frank Jackson. Hooray. Um, I'm sure he did great things for the city, you know, this, whatever. But 20 years is a long time. It, it truly is for anybody to be in any one position. Um, so that is what it is. But I, I had the opportunity to sit with about five of the candidates, right? Um, in this podcast, this episode, uh, I'm going to talk to you guys about my overall thoughts, right? And then I'm going to break it down into some categories and those will be extra episodes, right? And so like, I'm going to give you my overall thoughts. Um, and then I'm going to talk about Kelly and Kucinich. I'm only giving them one episode um, cause I don't really want to give them a whole episode. I'm a little hot about that, but you'll hear that in the overview. Then we'll talk about the Bellow, Reed, Williams, Jones, and Bibb, right? So let's start with what it was like to coordinate interviews with these candidates. Dear Jesus, right? If coordinating with them is any indication of how accessible um, or how efficient their, their administrations will run, I'm going to break it down for you, right? So Ross DeBello uh, was the first one to respond. But it wasn't that professional, right? It didn't feel, it felt like it came from him, which I guess is not a bad thing if you like the personal touch. Um, And, you know, there was, he was quick. Uh, I wouldn't call it efficient, but it was definitely fast, right? Um, And so, like, he was the first one to reply. uh, And he set a date. He sent me what he needed, but it was all him, right? And I wonder if that is how he would run an administration. Would it be all him? Would it just be Ross in your face, 24? It's, it might be a lot. Um, I, I don't know what, what capacity he has to, to lead and hire people, and I, we'll get into that later. But he was the first one to respond. Then the other two who responded was Zach Reed, uh, because I have a personal relationship with Zach. Um, and so that was a phone call. And he answered, he gave me a scheduler, his scheduler chose a date, it was fine, right? Um, And then when it got interesting was with Bib and Jones. Keeping it a buck, those were my two favorite candidates, uh, administrations or campaigns to work with because it was easy, right? Um, Communicating with, with Jones's camp, was very easy. It's exactly what you, would have, what you would expect. I think communicating with Bibbs camp, though, was more like, man, I didn't know that that could happen, right? And so it makes you think about, right, um, that 
in their administrations, it's possible that like Jones would say, oh, this is what, you know what I'm saying, it's supposed to look like, right? Like the responses are there, they're quick, they're efficient. Um, it's it's uh, nice, right? Like the tone of the emails are nice, it's great, right? Um, and you're thinking it's like a breath of fresh air. This is what City Hall is supposed to be like. This is what City Hall is supposed to be like. With Bibb's campaign, it was more like, I didn't know that you could do that, <laughs> right? It was the, I didn't talk to either of the candidates individually in either case, but with Bibb, I talked to not only his scheduler, but his campaign manager. There was just a different level of efficiency, right? Not bad or good, just different level of efficiency that was like, it makes you think like, man, I didn't know that City Hall could do this, right? Not necessarily, not just like, I did, not City Hall because he ain't there yet, but I didn't know that a campaign could be that efficient, especially in a local, in a local election. Um, so maybe it speaks to his fundraising or his leadership. I don't, I don't know, right? The people that he's gotten around him, no idea. Um, but it, is, it was refreshing to work with both of them. When it came to the Williams campaign, which was the last one that I got, um, got a hold of, it took some doing, right? It took some serious doing to get um, the Williams campaign to respond, right? Um, I am decently connected in the city, decently. You know what I'm saying? Like, not over the top. So there was a couple of phone calls that I could make, and I had to make a lot of phone calls to get to the camp. I did. Like, I had to pull in personal favors, call my mama. Like, it was, it was serious. Once she responded, right, it was smooth sailing. It was, it was very easy, but it was getting her to respond. And I think that that is the difference between, like, and you'll hear me reference this throughout my overall experience. What I experienced from the, from the Williams and Reed campaign is more traditional on how I've understood how to work with elected officials in Cleveland. It's relationship first, right? It's not efficiency. <laughs> it's, it's not about a system working the way that it needs to work. It's about relationship first. And so the better and more relationship you have, the faster you can get things done. Right. And that's certainly a way of governing. And we've seen that way of governing for quite some time. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, and so that was probably my my initial impressions of the candidates um, of the of working with the campaigns. And then there is Kelly and Kucinich. Which. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna hold you. I felt disrespected. Right. Ultimately, I felt disrespected, not because it was me, but we were we're young black people in a historic neighborhood, Fairfax, small business owners for our um, with our art gallery, got a podcast going and I couldn't even get the courtesy of a reply email just to tell me no. Right. Let alone come and sit down and hear what they have to say because we were one of the only places and I watched all of the b debates. I watched all of the forums and we were talking about something completely different. We talked about history and leadership. We talked about arts and we talked about our children, right? 
Nobody else focused on those things in particular. Right. We talked about poverty as well, but nobody nobody focused on those things in particular. Black joy, trying to figure out the culture and who your heart was, your philosophy and how you were building it. And I got no reply from Kelly and Kucinich. And what that told me was that they don't care about that perspective. And we're not shocked by this. Right. This is very, very much so not shocked by the inaction of a Kucinich and Kelly because Kelly don't listen to residents anyway. We're, we're very clear. His track record is, is clear on, on that. K- Kelly don't care about what residents have to say, especially if they're coming from the east side and they're not his next-door neighbor, right? That's, that's clear. And Dennis Kucinich is bored. And nobody can tell me any different. He was bored at home. He rolled out of bed and said, I think I'll run for, I think I'll run for mayor. That's what happened. He doesn't have a plan. He's completely out of touch, right? Like it's, I'm really, I'm really frustrated with those two being even considered front runners in my city. Yes, I said my city. Like, oh my God, if either one of them became mayor, Jesus help us, right? And so those are my, those are my, those are my overall like, Overall thoughts, let me get to the meat and potatoes of it, right? Here's what I think. Primaries are about ideas. Primaries are about ideas. And the reality is what is being presented to us is business as usual or choose the way forward, right? Ross DeBello, I think, is a really good guy, but he's, I don't think he's ready for this position. Like, I think he's a, a, nice, a nice guy. I don't think he's been here long enough. Um, I think that he has some really good ideas, but I don't think he understands Cleveland's culture um, or black culture for that, for that matter. Um, and so, like, I'm not sure that he's ready for that idea. I would love to see him serving in somebody's office, right? Um, I think he might make a really good chief of staff or even, like, uh, a, a council person, right? Like that's really possible for him. I don't think that he's ready for the mayor's seat. And I think everybody knows that. So I'm not wasting a whole lot of time on explaining that. What I will say, right. Um, is you have a crazy juxtaposition between Bashir and Justin vis-a-vis Williams and Reed, Right. And it's a generational gap is what it is. That's really what it is. If like, if you were old head in Cleveland, old street dude in Cleveland, you probably like Zach, right? He has a larger demographic, but you probably like Zach if you're an old street dude in Cleveland. If you a young street dude in Cleveland, you probably like Jones. So there's your juxtaposition. If you're talking about people who are going to dig into policy with you, 110, get into the nitty gritty, do the research, have the points, like be very well prepared. You have the juxtaposition between Bibb and Williams, which is very interesting, right? Because Williams is a solid, steady hand. But for me, in our city, we need to be moving forward. And in a primary, you need to be choosing not who will move you forward, but the idea that's going to move you forward, right? And so like, Either way, if you go Justin or Bashir, I'm with you. 
Anybody else in this race, you're not paying attention, right? Like, don't tell me that Kelly and Kucinich have, have any credibility when it comes to taking care of this city. They don't. They don't understand anything about it, right? The Kelly's... <sighs> Let me breathe for a second. Because those two mediocre men get on my last nerve. His experience is nothing more than being Jackson's go fetch me, right? That's, that's all it is, right? And Kucinich is bored out of his mind. And so because he's bored out of his mind, he thinks that he can have a job going off into his golden years, right? Like, no, dog, no, absolutely not. And so you need to be, this city needs to be making a decision and being very emphatic about it. And I'm talking about the, the near west siders. I'm talking about the deep west side, the people who like the people who graduated from James Fort Rose and Lincoln West and Marshall. We all need to be talking about. Bashir or Bib, that's where we need to be. That's the way forward. This is not a knock on. Well, maybe it is a knock on everybody else. And that is what it is. Right. My overall right now where I stand if you were following either Justin or Bashir, I'm with you. Anybody else, me and you going to have some real conversations, right? Like, it's just like we've, Zach has missed his moment and Williams has made some decisions that I don't care, to, I don't care for, right? Um, that shows a, some poor judgment, if I'm, being, if I'm being completely honest, right? She sat here and I'm going to go into the details on each one of these candidates in a second. But like, that's where we need to be. I wanted to make sure that she was clear about that. That's what's going to be on the first episode. It's been your boy, Dylan. This is So I Said and I Just Did, and I'm out. Hey, man, don't skip this outro. I've worked too hard on this outro. I've literally recorded this like 300 times, and I'm over it. You've listened to one of these episodes. You're definitely my friend right now because I put in a lot of work for this. Season two is about friendship. Share it with some of your friends. I don't care how you share it with them. Just share it with them, okay? Because, like, I'm really sick of recording this outro. And people don't even listen to outros anymore, but you better be listening to this outro. And if you're listening to this outro, at this point, you are probably my best friend. And I appreciate you so much. So take it to that next level and subscribe on whatever podcast site you're listening to. And if you want to engage with more content, talk to me a little bit. We're so I said media on everything. Okay, enough. I'm done recording these outros because you're probably not even listening to it anyway. But if you are, thank you so much. Now go listen to the next episode.